Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Friday, August the 28th, 2020. As always, I give thanks to God for you for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, all of whom are connected to you. Yesterday, I did not make it on the call. Um, A friend had called me as I was getting ready to pray and um, I was needed at that time. So sometimes, you know, we have to know when we're needed. Um, And um, anyway, so I needed to be um, with a friend on yesterday during this time. So that's that's what happened to me on yesterday. So thank you for your grace and uh, thank you for praying for me. Anytime you don't hear me know that. Either I've gotten caught caught up in something or probably something has happened, particularly if it's a Monday through Friday. So please lift me, lift me up in prayer and know that I will be back on the next day if it be the Lord's will. So on this morning, it's a Friday, you know, on Fridays, we do things a little bit differently. And so I was going to pray and get into this on yesterday, but today we're going to use it as I leave you a word of encouragement, something motivational, something to think about and meditate on today. And as we head into this weekend, you know, we have been reading from John chapter five and we have been reading about the pool at Bethesda and about the man who had been at the pool for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, you know, he gave the excuse that no one would help him get into the water, you know, that no one would help him get into the water. And Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? So I've been meditating just on that question alone as as I've been thinking about different things in my life. Do I really want to get well? Do I really want to get better? So again, I, I ask you, a lot of times we read the word and we move on. And sometimes we need to allow the word to take shape in our lives. We need to allow the word to get rooted in our spirit, man. So it's just not something that we hear, but it becomes something that we know. It becomes something that we walk out. It becomes a part of who we are so that as we feed ourselves the word as we feed ourselves or we feed our spirit more of the word than what comes what what is in us naturally comes out of us what comes in us naturally comes out of us what comes in us through our ear gate through our eye gate that's what comes out of us what comes in us through our ear gate i'm going to say that again and through our eye gate is what comes out of us so if I listen to a lot of, I'm just going to use this example. If I listen to a lot of explicit rap lyrics, I'm allowing that in me. I'm allowing that in my ear gate. After a while, I'm going to start saying some of the same things that I'm allowing myself to hear. The Bible says faith comes, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So the more we hear the word of God, The more we allow the word of God to take root in our lives, the more we allow the word to to manifest itself within us, we begin to walk that out. And so I say to you is to continually feed feed yourself the word. 
So again, the question, do you want to get well? Do you really want all that God has for you? We can say yes, we really do. We want everything that God has for us. But know that in that, in that, it comes with a price. We can't live any way we want to live. We can't do anything we want to do. For we were bought with a price. And our life is not our own. We can go around and pretend like it is. But our life is not our own. Being a believer comes with a price. You can't act any kind of way. You can't say anything. You can't do anything. Why? Because you represent the kingdom. You represent the kingdom. Just like my children. Think about this. If you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you even know children, or if there is someone in your life that God has allowed you to mentor. Think about that. When you take that person out or when you have children and your children are with you, if your children are acting a certain type of way or being a certain type of way, you are looking at them like, wait a minute, I didn't raise you like that. Wait a minute. You know, uh, that's not what I taught you. Wait a minute. You know better, you know, and, and God, our father is no different. When we are act here doing things that he knows, that we know better, he's looking at us like, wait a minute, you're my child. Why are you saying these things? Why are you doing these things? The same way we look at our children, we got to believe that our father in heaven is looking at us the same way. Sometimes we forget that we too have a heavenly father. Maybe your natural father has gone on home. Maybe your natural father is not as engaged in in your life, even as an adult, as you would like him to be. But we have a heavenly father who sits high and who looks low, who has instilled in us through the word of God what it means to be a king's kid. He has instilled in us through the word of God what it means to be kingdom citizens. He has instilled in us through the word of God, what it means to be made in his image. So we have to remember we are King's kids and through his word, there is an expectation just like we have for our natural children. There is an expectation, no matter how old they get, there are some things that we still expect. And our father in heaven is in no, no different. So I say this to say, When we get to this verse, verse number 14, where it says later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. And I had said this before on another on another podcast at some time through the years I've been doing this. I heard a man say, because I will not take credit you know, the Bible says to give credit to whom credit is due. But I heard I heard another man say, all sin leads to suffering. All sin leads to suffering, but not all suffering is a result of sin. All sin leads to suffering, but not all suffering is a result of sin. 
And that is something that stuck with me. And we see that here. Here that man was an invalid for 38 years. 38 years. And Jesus said he had been in that condition for too long. We are at a place in our lives where, again, we have to do some self-evaluation. We have to do some self-evaluation and we have to ask ourselves, do we really want to get well? Do we really want to see our lives change? Do we really want to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? Do we really want to be do we really want people to see God in us? Do we really want to love like the Bible tells us to love? Do we really want to honor our marriage commitment like the Bible tells us to? Do we really want to see relationships restored? Do we really want to get well? And so once the man had been delivered, once God had delivered him, Jesus said to him, now something worse may happen to you. Now, I will never connect sickness to um, sickness to sin. I will never do that. However, there are instances in the Bible where we know sickness is a direct result of sin. That's not for, for me to say when someone is sick if that is a result of their sin. But I will say... According to the word of God, the Bible says, first, let a man examine himself. So when things happen, we have to self-reflect. Did, did I allow a door open? Was, was I doing some things? It's no different than if when we go to the doctor and the doctor says, okay, you have been diagnosed with diabetes. Okay. And the doctor says, I need you to exercise. I need you to um, change the way that you eat. Okay. A man has to, when, if you get that diagnosis, a man has to step away from that and say, okay, if I've been eating a, a lot of different things, or if I've been doing things that have not been beneficial to my health, I've got to change that. Okay. A man has to examine himself. Now, if a man is eating right and they're doing right and they're like, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm a vegan and I'm, and I'm exercising. I'm that, then they know, okay, then this diet, this diabetes is not a result of something that I may have done through my eating or through my bad habits. Are you following me? Sometimes I have to break it down with the medical model because people start to go, oh, are you religious or oh, you doing that or oh, you. No, no, no. These are practical things. When we really think about it and when we really take ownership, then we can be delivered. But sometimes we don't want to take ownership of our son or of our sin. So deliverance never comes. And that's where growing up has to happen. If, if this if this a diagnosis and again, I'm just going to use diabetes as an example. And we know the way that we're eating and we know the way that we're living. And we know maybe we've crossed over into uh, a, a, a b obesity or our bass uh, or what is it? Our, um, our body mass index is not what it should be. Then we know that. You know, we, we know that that's real. We know that. And we know that through proper eating habits and exercising that we may, maybe not, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's guaranteed or not, but we have a good chance with the Lord's help that if we do our part, the Lord will do his. 
that's real. So if we know that naturally, we have to think about that spiritually. We have to say to ourselves, okay, is this something, you know, if, if, am I doing something where I have allowed spiritually, spiritually something to come into my life that now is trying to keep me bond in, in, in bondage. It's trying to keep me in bondage. So we have to reflect on those things. Now, if the answer is no, then you know, okay, you know, that th- this is not the case for me. So now, you know, I have to trust God. Now I'm asking God to heal me or to, you know, either through, through medicine or through treatment or through miraculous healing. Because I know God, no, I'm not perfect, but I've led a lifestyle uh, of repentance. I'm walking upright before him. All of those things. And we know that because just like, um, you know, as we look at this man, we know that it was something because who said, go and sin no more because something worse may happen to you. We don't know what that worse is. We don't know what that worse may be. But we know that whatever he was going through and why he was on the side of that pool, once he had been delivered, God was saying, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Jesus also, when he told the woman at the well, he said, go and sin no more. So once we, once we get that direction, once God has delivered us, once he has poured into us, once we have been poured into, there is a level of expectation that once we know better, we are to do better. I'm going to say that again. Once we know better, we are to do better. So I ask you on this weekend, If you want to get well, if you want to get well, what are you going to do to ensure your deliverance? So if you have struggled with drug addiction and the Lord finds a way to to get you, to separate you, to get you out of this. In this case, it said at once the man was cured. So at once, maybe you are cured for drug addiction or maybe you're you're cured through a rehabilitation center but once you're cured once you're healed once that has happened what are you going to do what are you going to do because if you go back into what you were in and you have not put those safeguards up if you have not maybe changed the people you hang around, if you have not maybe truly made a commitment that for Christ I'll live and for Christ I'll die, if you go back out there, you don't know what could happen. And that's real talk. That is real talk on this morning. Once God delivers you from a situation Once he delivers you from a situation that did not align with the word of God, he's saying sin. And we know that God hates sin. I'm not talking about something that you decided to walk away from. I'm talking about something in the word of God that is sinful. God gets you out of it. You're you're healing. You're, you're, You're cured. You're delivered. What safeguards are you putting into place so that you do not fall into temptation? The Bible tells us to be careful that we do not fall into temptation. That's for all of us. How are we careful? 
have accountability partners. Have someone that if you feel like, man, I feel like smoking today or I feel like drinking today or I feel like calling old boy or oh girl tonight, you know, because I'm, I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling a certain type of way. Have someone you can call. Go some, you know, go somewhere. I know we're still going through a pandemic, but their social distancing and their mask requirements. Go somewhere and kick it with some friends who have your best interest at heart. But make sure whatever you do, stop sinning so that you don't allow yourself to be in bondage. That's how people begin to get in bondage. They dip and they dab and they dip and they dab. And even sometimes when they are delivered, they go right back into the thing that they were delivered from. And now it's that much harder to get out of. There's a saying that says um, sin will sin will take you. Further than you meant to go and keep you longer than you meant to stay. I'm going to say that again. Sin will take you further than you meant to go and keep you longer than you meant to stay. Sin is a trick of the enemy. He always makes things look better on the other side. He always tricks us into believing that this this was better or this will be better. But God is saying, you are well, stop sinning. You are well, stop sinning. And no, again, for the people who want to make this religious, if you send this to somebody, we all sin, we all fall short. I get that. None of us are perfect. But when you live a lifestyle that is committed to God, you you want to when you're in right, right relationship with someone, you want to see them happy. You you want to you want to do what's pleasing in their sight. Think about just if you just think about that, because people, you know, well, you can't get into heaven with works and blah, blah, blah. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. I'm talking about the relationship piece. I'm talking about when you're relate in relationship with anybody, your spouse, um, your boyfriend or girlfriend, your children, whatever you want to see them happy. You want to see them happy. You want to do things that's pleasing to them, that puts a smile on their face. If you want to do that for a natural man who really can't do anything for you, how, why don't we want to do that to God? I want to do what's pleasing to my father. And I'm talking about my heavenly father. I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not because I'm trying to work my way into heaven because I'm in relationship with God and I just want God to be pleased with my life. (laughs) I just want God to be pleased with my life. So sometimes when we're not trying to make it religious, people will make it religious because people will people desire to have an excuse to keep living a, a raggedy lifestyle. Let's just be real. But when we back it up and if we just think about naturally what we do and apply it to spiritual, the Bible says first in the natural, then in the spirit, first in the natural, then in the spirit. 
So when we think about what we do naturally for people we love, what we do naturally for our job, what we do naturally for our children, what we do naturally for our spouses, because we want to please them, because we want them to know that um, we understand what we're supposed to do. And we want to do it to the best of our ability. That's what we do on our job. But yet we don't want to do that spiritually. Come on, y'all. Don't let people fool you when you try to talk to them about the word of God. And they say, oh, well, that's just religious. But yet you see them doing it in the natural, but they don't want to do it in the spirit. The devil is a liar. He is the father of all lies. First in the natural, then in the spirit. So if we are able to do that naturally, get in a relationship and and really try to do what's pleasing to that person because we we just want to see them smile, not necessarily for them to even give us anything back, just to see them smile, just to see them happy, just for them to know that we love them. Then, 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 then we get happy. Then we get how much more our father. He's a father, y'all. And we have to get to a place where we know him as father. He is our father and he so loved us. <laughs> he so loved us. And I don't know about you, but I want to be pleasing to my father, both my natural father and my spiritual father. I love when my parents say, we are so proud of you, D. That that does something to me. We are so proud of you, D. You know, you're a good mom. You're do you know, you're you're doing well. You know, we are proud of you. That does something to me. That means something to me. So if if I know how that feels to hear my parents say it, I can't wait to hear God say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because why he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I love you all. Have an awesome weekend. Think about what I'm saying. Meditate on it. Don't let somebody tell you that, oh, well, you know, this, this is, that's religious. No, y'all, this is relationship. (laughs) What I'm talking about today, it is about relationship with our father, And it is about knowing that when we have been delivered from sin, from sin, not from something that that God ordained in his word, but from sin, we want to evaluate, self-evaluate ourselves, self-examine ourselves to be sure that we don't get into something worse because sin will keep, sin will take us further than we meant to go and keep us longer than we meant to stay. I love you all. Have an awesome weekend. Meditate on this word, y'all. It's real. It's real. It's not religious. It's relationship. Love you. Bye-bye.